everyone. Welcome back to another episode of These Are The Valleys. I'm not super excited for today's episode because it is going to require me to be super transparent and vulnerable and honest. And if I'm being all those things, I don't like those things. (laughs) And I'm working my way up. Um, You guys are definitely helping me with that and continuously encouraging me and sharing with me that this podcast is relatable and helpful to you guys. So I'm going to do it for y'all and I'm going to do it for the Lord. Okay. (laughs) So today's episode is called Sad in the Valley. And as you can imagine, we're going to have to be talking about being sad. (laughs) So what brings about this episode is that I've just been having a weird past two weeks, like just being super off, like completely off for no reason, really, seemingly. I I can't identify the exact trigger or the exact moment or event where I started feeling off, but I just know that I've just been off, if that makes sense. I came to this realization, I think, yesterday actually, that something has been off for real, for real. Because, you know, every day is not going to be peaches and cream. Every day is not going to be the best day of your life. And that's okay. Like, that's totally fine. But it wasn't until my body started telling me that something was wrong that I realized, like, what in the world? So for the past two days, I've just been so exhausted. Like, I wake up tired. Within two to three hours, I'm yawning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a nap. Like, I'm so tired. Coffee is not doing anything. I'd like, (laughs) I have no idea what's been going on with me. And I've just been feeling so unmotivated. Um, I have fasted over the last two days. Well, one of the last two days. And y'all know, I say all the time, fasting without prayer is just a diet. And let's just put it this way. I was dieting. Okay. I was dieting for sure. And when it came time for me to break my fast and I started praying because I always pray before I break my fast and tears started coming to my eyes. And that's when I kind of knew something was wrong. Like I was so remorseful. I was so grieved at the fact that I hadn't felt like talking to God all day, that I hadn't felt like getting into my word, that. I had really gone this whole day, quote unquote, fasting, but my heart wasn't in it. I was just hungry. I was just hungry. There was no real fast happening, no drawing near happening. And that's when I knew something was really wrong. So in concordance with, is that the right word? I don't know, y'all. I be trying to sound smart. (laughs) In conjunction, I think that's the better word, in conjunction with the fact that I had been so exhausted the past two days that I had just been resting on and off. And then the fact that my prayer to break fast literally made me well up in tears and it wasn't anything extravagant. I just felt so sad. Like I was disappointed. I was frustrated in that moment. That's when I knew something was wrong. But, you know, in good old Jasmine faction, I did not fully addressed it in that moment. I just went and got some cool ranch Doritos and started eating and got on TikTok. (laughs) I'm being honest. I'm being honest. And I hope you guys can relate and I don't sound a little too weird. I'm all right with sounding a little weird, but not too, too weird, you know? 
So yeah, y'all, then I was listening to this podcast called The Same Room. And it's this Christian podcast with these four women who are just discussing life and life with Jesus and all the good things. And there was an episode about suffering in silence. I don't know why I did it to myself, but I did it to myself. Y'all know when y'all go through a breakup and y'all purposely turn on breakup music. I feel like that's low-key what I did. Like subconsciously, I was like, I need to work through this in (laughs) a backdoor kind of way. So I turned on that podcast because I'm working my way through their catalog. And I just had to pause the podcast about 10 minutes in because I was about to bawl my eyes out like I realized then that I had been suffering in silence and it was so silent that even I wasn't hearing it and I think that I was hiding it from myself and so I just think that God really wanted me for this week to be open and honest about how I was feeling because I think a lot of times and they were touching on this in the podcast and I couldn't agree more In the church, it's like, oh, you're not sad. I have the joy of the Lord. Oh, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. Oh, I have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Sometimes, yeah, I do. Most times I do, if I'm being honest. But then there are times when I don't. And what does that mean? What does that mean for my walk? What does that mean for my faith? What does that mean for the community of women that I get to lead? What does that mean for... Anything else that God has planned for me or that he's trying to do with me or for our personal intimate relationship. So I started pondering on that a little bit and didn't really like the headspace that I was getting into. So I just, you know, called a friend and was just asking for advice. And we put together that I just really need to have a reset. I really need to spend some time alone. I really need to give myself space to feel how I'm feeling because I think that a lot of times we try to take these feelings and either suppress them or bury them. And I know that that's something that I do. So let me not even say we, because that might not be you. It's just me. But I've tried to push it down with spiritual practices like, oh, I'm not feeling good. Let me fast. And a lot of times that does help. A lot of times that does help. And that's always my first recommendation. But I found myself in a place where it's like, okay, what happens when fasting isn't working? What do we do then? And so I think that we also have to balance our spiritual health, which is very important, with our mental and physical health as well. So I'm in this period and point. I don't have all the answers. Hopefully when I come back next week, I'll have more answers, but (laughs) I'm just proposing to you guys that it's okay to be sad in the valley. It's okay to find yourself in a place where you're not feeling all the most Christian, all the most spiritual, all the most faithful, all the most blessed and highly favored. And so in that time, I realized last night that God was not mad at me. I didn't even let myself start thinking that because I knew that wasn't truth. I know God's character. He's patient. He's kind. He's compassionate. And he wants to help like always. That's always his heart posture. It's never to bash us, but to help us. So with that in mind, I knew that God's heart would want me to take some time for myself and to take some time 
and get away from the rituals. I think we've talked multiple times on this podcast about how God prefers a real relationship with us over religious rituals and routines. And so I think that it would be remiss of me to sit here and get on this mic and preach and preach and preach and this and that. But my heart be far from it, you know, so I will be taking this time in the next week or so to try my best to welcome God into my reset, to ask God how to reset, because honestly, I don't really know how I don't really have the best tools for resetting my mental health or my physical health. So it's going to be a walk and I'm interested to see. But when I was praying about it last night, God just told me two words when I was bringing everything to him and just kind of laying it out and being honest. Take heart. Take heart. So I went to look up a scripture that talked about taking heart and I found John 16, 33. In the New International Version, it reads, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In the Wyclef Bible translation, it reads, These things I have spoken to you, that ye may have peace in me. In the world, ye shall have dis-ease. I love that word. Dis-ease. And then it reads in a parenthetical. In this world, ye shall have pressing or overlaying. And at the end of the parenthetical, it reads, but trust ye, I have overcome the world. So I just wanted to share these with you because I feel that God shared them with me for me to be able to have something to hold on to, for me to remember that he is with me. And not only that, but he is my victor. And in times where I feel defeated, he holds the victory. In the times where I feel pressed, when I feel at dis-ease, and I feel like that is a beautiful word to describe how I feel or when I feel overlaid when I feel like heavy things are laying on me I can remember that he's already overcome the things of this world so while I may not yet see my overcoming while I may not yet see my victory he has it so I just wanted to share that with you guys and In the podcast from the same room, they talked about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and then, of course, taken to crucifixion. R.I.P. my boy, but he's alive now. So, hey, shout out my boy. (laughs) Why am I like this, guys? I don't know. But I went to go pick out this verse. It's in Matthew 26, 38 in the English Standard Version. And it says this is well for context. This is when he was in the garden. This is before he was arrested and he was talking to Peter, James, and John. That's like his little inner circle, right? And so he went to talk to them about how he was about to go pray, right? So he said to them, and it reads, Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And I just love that, first of all, the ladies on the podcast talked about this part. But this is also a part that had always kind of touched me, but it was able to touch me differently in this season, in this moment that I'm in. I think that I accidentally and subconsciously forget Jesus's humanity sometimes. 
And the Garden of Gethsemane is one of my favorite, favorite passages or events in Jesus's life where I get to see him as human, not as God, not as this wise rabbi, not as, you know, the son of God, but as a human man who had to do something extremely difficult and was going through such, such hard times. He literally said, my soul is very sorrowful. And I don't know about you guys, but it was very comforting for me to come to the realization and for me to read about the fact that Jesus doesn't just want to help us in our discomfort and in our pain out of sympathy, but out of empathy, like he can relate. And I think that also when we read this in context of John 16, where he says, you will have trouble, you will have dis-ease, you will have pressing. It's not just him telling us about what we're going to go through, but also about what he went through. I think a lot of times when we're sad and things like that, we draw away from God because it feels like God can't relate, but there is no one. There is no one who can relate more than Jesus can. If you have been through abuse, Jesus was abused. If you have been through bullying, Jesus was bullied. Like it really sometimes shocks me that I could be so negligent to forget his humanity. Because when we read the passages of scripture where he was about to be crucified and they're beating him and and spitting at him and, you know, berating him. It's like, oh no, Jesus, you know, like you feel for him. And I love that he was just so intentional to remind us, to warn us, hey, there's going to be trouble. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like it's going to be hard, but I want you to remember that I have overcome this. I have overcome the world. Your salvation is in me. Your victory is in me. Your restoration is in me. And so I just want to remind you guys, when you're in those moments of sadness, when you're feeling those feelings, when things just aren't looking peaceful or joyful and you're not feeling it, that Jesus can relate and he's here for you, okay? He is here for you. So take heart, y'all. Take heart. Because God has overcome this world. Okay? He's overcome this world. In the second half of Matthew 26, 38, he talks to his friends and, you know, Peter, James, and John, and asks them to remain here and to watch with him. And I just want to encourage you guys that God has given you your community and your friendships for a reason. He needed people to be there with him. He needed people to watch over him. And it's okay that you need that too. It is okay that you need that too. Jesus didn't go to the Garden of the Gethsemane alone. And you don't have to be in your situation alone. So I just want to discourage you from shying away from the help that could be other people, from the help that could be community and safe spaces, 
in the podcast, they pointed out that Jesus didn't take everybody with him and it's okay to be private, you know, but that doesn't mean that he was alone. And so I just want to remind you guys that are feeling sad that you have friends, you have community that Jesus has placed around you, that God has placed around you to help uplift. And so look to them in this time. Welcome one, two or three people into it and just ask them to be there with you and to watch with you. They're not your savior. They're not your victory. They're not your restoration, but they're great. It's great to have people there to be with you and to watch with you and to pray for you. So yeah, y'all, that's it. I hope you guys got something from this podcast. Um, I hope to be back next week with some updates, hopefully some tips and tricks on how you can reset in the valley, on how you can push through and and even just stay there for a moment before you push through. So yeah, y'all, I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet, but for now, these are the valleys. Valleys.